0: We're back. We are discussing the so-called crisis of humanities, why fewer and fewer people are deciding to pursue this field of study due to various reasons, economically, socially, culturally, what have you. We're going to be joined by a history professor from the UK shortly, uh, and we're going to discuss perhaps if uh, we all agree that uh, we need a diversity of educational options that how we can save the humanities. So you can text us at pound 1013 for 51 or send us a Kyle Talk message 2020 uh, texting us saying as the technology and society develop, it's humanities that are more needed because we can now focus on the quality of studies, but we can't, ignore the soaring unemployment rates. That's just a very good point. It's sort of a, a catch-22 type of situation. Uh, joining us here in the studio, we have Professor Hwang jong and Professor Kim Chi-hun. Uh, Professor Kim Chi-hun, do you feel that... I, I think there's going to be a philosophical debate, but some mm. people feel, oh, what's the big deal? You know, you just study whatever is going to get mm. you the good job. It's not going to... You no know, one uses their major after college anyways, but uh, the idea that humanities
1: need to be saved, do you feel that is true. I'm, I'm assuming you would say yes, but. <laughs> I mean, as a humanist scholar, absolutely I say yes. And I think I would like to say in two different levels. In a practical level, there are some uniqueness in humanities which the other departments cannot teach. For example, critical and creative way of thinking, and also the way of perspective how do we perceive the world. And I used to live in Oxford five years. And then I used to see the undergrads in Oxford. And then regardless of the departments, what are they doing is the, for three years, they, every week, they write few essays. Then whatever the subject is, by writing the essays, they learn how to, when they're given the task, they have to recognize what the problems is, the complex problems. They have to think about how to solve the problems. So by doing that, they learn the physical strengths and psychological strengths. So in a certain sense, I think humanities, very unique in terms of teaching the critical and the critical and creative way of thinking and to have the proper perspective. Right. And in a spiritual level, the humanities also teach the meaning of life. And then whether we want to learn a lot of money or become powerful, the ultimate aim of it is to be happy. And then the humanities in terms of this very unique because humanities enable people to have the meaning of life and then to find it and then they teach the people how they can be happy mm. then we, that cannot be taught by other departments yeah it's yeah. a very important point yeah. 2020 continuing
0: uh, the comments saying that as a korean student who's about to graduate middle school i can see mm. many students avoiding humanity related schools such as Taiwan foreign language high school Due to small uh, low employment rates, which is quite amazing, of course, one of the elite uh, foreign language uh, high schools here. But because of the fact that now there's this push away, uh, Professor Huang, I suppose law's slightly, it's almost a quasi vocational sort of uh, undertaking because the majorities do end up going to law school or trying to and becoming a lawyer. But to the extent that we feel humanities is important, you feel that it should be saved or should at least there should be an effort made to try to preserve oh
2: absolutely i mean apart from just being saved i don't think in general korean students are up until they go to college they're actually really uh introduced the world of humanities at all i mean if you think about history different kinds of histories and language and literature and if you think about you know korean middle school high school curriculum it's just mainly road memorization basically they don't engage in critical thinking skills they don't engage in persuasive writing skills And, you know, uh, if we take away humanities from college, many college students will never get their chance to hone their skills in critical thinking and persuasive writing skills, as Professor Kim pointed out. So, in fact, I think Korean education system right now, if anything, is really devoid of humanities up until students actually get to college.
0: Let's hear from uh, one of our uh, experts from overseas, uh, joining us on the line, we have Professor of Modern Cultural History at the University of Cambridge, Peter Mandler. Hello. Hello. Professor Mandler, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we've been talking about uh, how humanities uh, is in crisis in Korea. Uh, can you comment on uh, whether you do also believe that humanities majors are in crisis?
3: Um, well, I think I think even about Korea, the first thing I would want to know is whether, in fact, there's any sound evidence to suggest that it is in crisis. I think when people talk about the crisis of humanities, they often have in mind a lost golden age in the past, which is based on a misunderstanding of the alleged dominance of the humanities mm-hmm. in the past. The proportion of humanities majors in most English-speaking uh, universities hasn't changed much in 50, 60 years. It's been about 20%, 10% in America. Okay. Um, And so, no, it's it's not in crisis in the English-speaking world. Those those proportions remain the same, and I'd be curious to know, in fact, whether there is, quantitatively speaking, a a crisis of the humanities in Korean universities. Well,
0: well, Professor Huang, empirically speaking, uh, you did point out the numbers that, at least with enrollments and applications, those numbers are certainly
2: dwindling, right? That's right. I mean, competitiveness of humanities departments are are, are going down. The government ministries actively pressuring universities to pare down on the size of humanities. Yeah. So it's both at the empirical uh, uh, phenomenon as well as government pressure. It is true that in Korea, humanities are in crisis.
3: So I mean, it, yeah. Go ahead, please. No, I was just going to say that I mean, uh, governments in in the in the English speaking world have been. Pressuring students to uh, move to science and technology for um, uh, as long as I can remember, but generally speaking, um, students make decisions about what they want mm. to major in it when they're in school and uh, they're not really thinking very uh, closely yet about the job market and uh, they're not really listening very closely to what government um, um, is suggesting to them. It's interesting to hear that Korean students may be more impressionable
0: in that respect. You know, there could be a certain demographic sort of perfect storm here. We have a very aging population, so we have less and less uh, uh, school-aged children applying to schools. On the other hand, we also have a sky-high youth unemployment problem in uh, in mm-hmm. comparison to the regular unemployment yeah. rate. And then there's the other factor of 80% of Korean high school students uh, end up going to university, which is far higher than the OECD average. And I think all of that sort of combines to this very competitive job marketplace and this idea that uh, technical majors are superior and will give you the better prospects with a job, higher salary, which here, culturally speaking, is a very, very important thing.
3: I mean, uh, I mean again. I I wouldn't want. I mean, I know nothing about the Korean system, but I I read an article that one of your producers sent to me um, to prepare for this, and it said, um, shock horror, only twenty percent of uh, of the employees in the major uh, manufacturing combines are humanities majors. But as I said earlier, twenty percent would be, you know, pretty high, actually, Mm. even by Western standards, by uh, Anglophone standards. So, I think one shouldn't have too high expectations of the humanities, as far as the um, that, especially that kind of workforce
0: goes. Professor Kim, uh, you've also you spent quite a bit of time in in the U.K. Mm-hmm. as well. So can you maybe compare the situation as far as the viewpoints on humanities in, in the Korean context and, and in the U.K.?
1: I think the professor Mandler is quite right because when I was in the U.K. over the last 11 years, then humanities I didn't feel any crisis in humanities. But, but but there are some subjects which are in crisis, for example, theology, because There are more theology and theology professors than students in London. Mm. But I found in Korea, when I came back to Korea a couple of years, two years ago, I realized that in humanity, especially history, philosophy, and German literature, French literature, and Korean literature, actually the professors feel the crisis of closing down their own departments. I mean, it's quite seriously. So even, I mean, even though there are some, there are no any sound evidence, but still... In the field, as a professor in the departments, I feel that the other, some made some other departments feel quite serious Mm, in terms of their own identity. Would you agree, Professor Mandler?
3: Well, I I think there is a problem with the professors themselves. That I think we humanities um, teachers don't have very much confidence about our relevance in the modern world. And that's been the case since the 1950s and 60s when, you know, economic growth first became a major priority of, of governments and 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 of the media and and of of, of, of the of punditry and ever since then humanists have been um, discovering a crisis in humanities but every 10 years <laughs> and, um, th- so that's partly our our own problem and that's an interesting question as to why why we feel um, that I mean it's partly because as I say governments have, are telling us that w- that we are irrelevant but students keep choosing I mean I was listening into an earlier part of your discussion, and I think it's it's the case that you know young people are attracted by the, the human qualities of mm. the humanities, by the, the critical perspectives it offers, by the um, the social um, perspectives it offers. And um, uh, w- when they're given a chance to choose um, uh, with, with, without feeling under duress from their olders and betters, um, they do choose in very large numbers to go to the humanities, and then they often find that those um, skills are actually quite useful in the modern labor market,
0: professor Huang uh, generally speaking, there does seem to be this idea that Professor Manler is saying well that ten to twenty percent threshold we 're seeing those numbers across the board, but uh, is there a difference because he he 's pointing out how in the u k or maybe even the United States th- there yeah. might be some uh, government campaigns or there might be a media outlets saying that well, you know you have to go the STEM route if you want viable careers for the future. But students and kids, they're just gonna gravitate to what they naturally want to go to. I think that's the point that Professor Mandler's saying when, when they ultimately make their decision for university majors, that doesn't seem to be necessarily the case for young people here in Korea, right?
2: Well I mean the major difference between you know the university systems in UK and US and also in France versus Korea and Japan is that you're actually delegated to very specific major the moment you step into the college door, you actually have to apply With that to a spe- specific yeah. department. And the department that specializes in is, is highly, highly specialized. You, you have to choose whether you're going to go to English literature, English language, or uh, teaching English language. By the way, these are all different departments in Korea in mm-hmm. existence. And you actually have to choose at, when you're 18 right. what you go into. So it, it's kind of a perverse consequence of the system that, you know, we have made up all these, you know, artificial barriers within uh, between different humanities where the barriers are a little more permeous, but government has set up these quotas and mm. now government is sort of overhauling these quotas and it is creating a big chaos in Korea which doesn't quite exist in you know right. US or UK yeah. universities where students are you know more free to you know, you know experiment and move, move no around. such thing
0: is undeclared until junior year where you don't have that luxury I mean, in Korea we have a
2: small yeah. exper- experiments going on in a number of schools but you know it's a very baby baby yeah. steps compared to US or UK Okay.
0: Professor Mandler.
3: Well, yes. I mean, of course, the, the U.S. and the U.K. are different in this respect. I mean, the U.S. Um, students don't choose a major until their third year, but in the U.K. They, they do choose. Actually, they're already specializing at 16, and then they are choosing a major at 18. But um, that's just a sort of culturally, you know, deeply embedded um, system, and I, it, it doesn't seem to have um, turned students in one direction or another in the U.K.
0: But. Yeah. Professor Kim, you did mention how you even had students where you found it difficult for them to to encourage them down the Mm -hmm. path that you're on because of the fact that you're saying that there's this some uh, you're almost saying a stigma or even a perception by other scholars or other people in the field Mm -hmm. that lead it to be a very difficult kind of academic career to pursue. Do you think that situation can change by a government decree, or do you think that's just a
1: cultural change? I think mostly it's a cultural thing, because the, the society in general, they are biased by the idea that humanities are very not practical. And I think, the, in my impression, whether we study English literature or mathematics, when they get a job in general in the companies, I don't, I'm not sure whether how much they use what they learned in university in actual companies, mm-hmm. whether they studied mathematics, engineering. I mean, they needed some basic skills in computers and mathematics and statistics. But regardless of that, in general, the subjects probably not that necessary too much mm-hmm. when they actually yeah. start working in companies. But the society are biased, deeply biased to the extent that, oh, the humanities are useless and not so practical. That's the problem. So we have to change the perspective Mm -hmm. of the people in the companies and in government and generally in the society. That's a big problem.
0: Is that bias bias as prevalent uh, over there, Professor Mandler? Um, Again,
3: I think it it depends um, who you talk to. I mean, as I say, uh, humanities scholars themselves tend to underestimate the value of their own disciplines in the (laughs) the modern economy. I think, you know, 16-year-olds or 18-year-olds, they're not really um, that much plugged into those kinds of anxieties. And they go where their instincts lie, what they think they're doing best at in school. And they just hope for the best. And and on the whole, actually, as I say, I mean, I think humanities uh, majors do well in the Mm. the modern labor market. I mean, recently, studies by economists and sociologists have suggested that if you have highly technical scientific skills there aren't actually all that many jobs um, that you're well suited to Um, and lots of big companies I mean again I think this has something to do with the difference in the labor market in Korea and and in in Britain or America but lots of big companies um, thinking that they are basically technologically oriented hire lots of scientists uh, science graduates um, for you know human resources jobs middle management jobs um jobs that uh, involve marketing and public relations and they, and they don't find that they're using their scientific skills whereas humanities graduates you know are used to sort of um turning their their skills to a pretty wide range of of tasks right and i mean if if you look at predictions again I, I think there's some differences between korea and the anglophone world but um if you look at if you look at predictions for the future the, the future is the, the next um technological revolution is going to be as much a social as a mm. technical revolution and it's going to require not just critical um, thinking, but the quali- ability to draw together very disparate um, qualitative sources and synthesize them and and boil them down into in, in forms that um, other human beings can understand. And those are the skills of humanities graduates.
0: What you, then? Final question is: What do you make of then uh, everyone in in the U.S. and to I suppose uh, a certain degree in the U.K. saying you have to learn to code? Everyone needs to learn to. Yeah program <laughs> software is going to eat the world these are going to be the the yeah. jobs of the future I uh, is that I guess wrong-headed thinking or are they just spreading a uh, propaganda that simply doesn't reflect reality is what you just described with humanity well
1: yeah go
3: ahead yeah I mean politicians do um, hop on bandwagons don't they and and they 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 try to capture the public imagination with um, sort of high-profile causes and everyone a coder is one of is one of those and uh, you know when I was a kid Everyone had to learn to use a slide rule because I was growing up in America. We were, that was the only way we were going to beat the Soviets in the Cold War. And um, We all learned the slide rule, and uh, of course it was then almost immediately um, made, rendered useless by the computer. And in any case, none of us really knew what to do with it.
0: Okay. (laughs) Very interesting indeed. Uh, It it is very, very great to get your perspective on the issue, Uh, perhaps a little bit more of a uh, glass-half-full perspective on things. Professor Mandler, we're going to leave it there, but thank you very much for your time. appreciate it. Yeah, it was a pleasure. Nice to talk to you. Thanks. That was Professor Peter Mandler from uh, the University of Cambridge, uh, joining our uh, two panelists here in the studio. Professor Huang, so, again, interesting take. I I think, uh, according to Professor Mandler, not... A crisis, at least from where he's looking at it. But do you feel that there are still certain unique aspects of Korea? There isn't, I guess we can just say there's a university education crisis here, right? Of course. There's hundreds of Mm non-competitive private universities that either with a free marketplace will either go bankrupt or the government has to decide what to do, dwindling um, uh, enrollment Mm -hmm. rates. So there is a problem here, right?
2: Yeah, I mean, the shrinking population, that's just a fact. I mean, if you just look at the population composition of Korea, population is visibly uh, shrinking. If you, look, As I said earlier, if you look at the 10-year period of population groups, it's shrinking by a million per uh, in the 10-year ten, band. And so, you know, the arithmetic dictates that, you know, universities just cannot have the same number of spaces for students as before, as, you know, the students would get smaller and smaller. So the general pressure coming from that general uh, population trend is unavoidable. And, you know, I think right now, because of the economy, humanity is feeling the brunt more so than the so-called STEM departments.
0: And I I guess that's the other question here, because there is also that unique aspect in Korea where if you're not going to pursue academia Mm -hmm. and you go to the four-year college, Basically, you're trying to work for a table, right? You want to mm-hmm. work in LG, Samsung, mm-hmm. Hyundai, whatever, mm-hmm. and you're going to... lucky. Right, and you take that exam, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. build up your specs, you're going to do the TOEIC, you're going to build up all these other certificates that really have nothing to do with your field of study. You get lucky to get an interview, maybe uh, 100 to 1 ratio mm-hmm. of uh, applicant to, to hire. Do you feel that this puts humanities majors in a disadvantage, or the perception against them puts them at a disadvantage, and that has to change?
1: I think the, as I said earlier, I think the change perspective is quite important. And I'm not sure whether the, that kind of project will improve the, the status of humanities or not. But I think whether, what kind of plan it is, I think better than nothing. But nevertheless, I think the, most of all, the perspective of the company owners should change. And uh, then they yeah. should recognize the importance of humanities. Right, I mean, but both, things, both yeah. you and Professor Mandler
0: have yeah. pointed out that there are certain cognitive skills that humanities fact, majors possess yeah. that an engineer or mm-hmm. a, a software mm-hmm. programmer may not possess. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of, I suppose, convincing people that mm-hmm. th- that value is there, and that yeah. still not has yeah. that sales exactly. job has not yeah. really completed yeah. 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 yet. Final question, then, Professor Huang is where do you foresee, I guess, this going as far as humanities? is concerned. If students had their choice, maybe as Professor Manley said, there would be a 20% who just naturally gravitate towards it. That's just where their inherent interests in, and uh, and passions lie. What do you think will happen here?
2: Well, I think given sort of uh, pressure on hyper-specialization that's taking place in sciences and especially engineering in Korea, I, I think there's a high danger that a lot of students might actually get burned even if they go into STEM. For example, right now we're seeing huge restructuring t- taking place among Korean companies that are in shipbuilding and heavy industries. I mean, think about students who are w- w- working yeah. on, say, mechanical engineering, thinking that, oh, I'm going to design heavy machinery or big ships. They're in for a big shot yeah. in terms of getting a job, you know, but necessarily having a specialized knowledge of engineering is not an insurance against getting a good job these days when, you know, some of the biggest co- companies, Java companies in Korea are shedding, you know, up to 20, 25% of their workforce. So I think this kind of, you know, just listen to what the companies say and structure your, your college policy accordingly is a very nearsighted way of yeah. going, doing things.
0: You really should pursue, uh, what you're passionate, what you're talented in, Look at the job market, obviously, but Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, you've got to really play to your strengths. And that might necessarily not be the conventional way that everyone says, but we just hope that the environment overall can Mm -hmm. be conducive to that kind of uh, path. We're going to have to leave it there, but I want to thank both of our panelists for joining us. Uh, Professor Kim Chi-hun, thank you for the first time for joining us. Thanks Thanks for inviting me. And as always, Professor Hong jong appreciate it. Thank you.
1: Thank you very much. Thank you so much.